ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد Today then, in the course that we've been doing, the Iman course, going through all of the pillars of Iman one by one, we've previously now covered the Iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So today we begin with Iman in the Angels. Iman in the Angels, as we are all aware, is another one of the pillars of Iman. Another one of the pillars that every Muslim has Iman in. This particular pillar then, Iman in the angels, there's a few different topics we're going to look at regarding the angels. There will of course be an explanation of some of the names of the angels, some of the jobs of the angels, also in terms of the derivation of the word angel. What does angel actually mean? What does the word mean? So there's a few things we'll go through as you can see on the workbook. To begin with then, the actual meaning of the word angel. And of course by that we mean the Arabic word for angel. And the Arabic word for angel is... Malaika is the plural. Meaning angels. Malaika. The singular one angel is... Malak, and that is different to Malik. Malik means king. But here this word is Malak. Malakun, which means angel. So this particular word firstly then, Malaika, angels, Plural of Malak or Malak. Both of those can be said. Malak and Malak. And this word, it is derived in Arabic from the meaning of messengership. I.e. the ones who deliver the message. The ones who are in performance of that message. Al-Uluka, as they say, Al-Uluka indicates that message or delivering of the message. So the angels are the messengers of Allah. They are the ones who perform the tasks given to them from Allah. 
They are the ones who carry out the responsibilities placed upon them from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That therefore can be stated as one of the derivations of the word angel in Arabic, the word malak from al-uluka, which means al-risala, and that is referring to the message and the angels being given the responsibility of delivering that message, being the messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the various responsibilities as we'll come and see shortly. Secondly then, what is the reality of what the angels actually are? What are the angels? الذي دلت عليه نصوص الكتاب والسنة وإجماع المسلمين أن الملائكة خلق من خلق الله سبحانه وتعالى خلقهم لعبادته كما خلق الجن والإنس What is proven by the Quran and the Sunnah and the consensus of the ulama consensus of the Muslims is that the angels are a creation from the various creations of Allah and that Allah created them for His worship. They are a creation from the creations of Allah and Allah created them for His worship just like Allah created the jinn and the humans for His worship. And the angels, whom ahya, uqala, natiqun, they are alive, and they have intelligence, and they speak. They are alive and they have comprehension and intellect and they speak. It is like when on one occasion a person asked a Shaykh Al-Uthaymeen rahimahullah ta'ala, do the angels have intellect? Like how we think and we comprehend and we have minds. Do the angels have minds like that? They can comprehend and they have intellect. So as Shaykh Al-Athameen, he replied by saying, Worse than that. He said, do you have any intellect? <laughs> of course the angels have intellect. Of course they have minds, meaning intellect and rationale and comprehension, and they speak. They are not just some type of robotic creation, whereby they have no intelligence. They are not some creation like that, whereby they have no intelligence, no understanding, like robots that do things. No, they have intelligence, they have comprehension, they have, as we say, minds. 
That is the reality of the angels, and they speak. وَعَالَمُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ عَالَمْ غَيْرُ عَالَمَ الْجِنِّ وَالْإِنسِ And the world of the angels is a different world to the world of the jinn and the world of the humans. وَإِنْ كَانَ الْجَمِيعِ خَلْقٌ لِلَّهِ لَكِنَّهُ عَالَمٌ كَرِيمٌ طَاهِرٌ اصْطَفَاهُ اللَّهُ فِي الدُّنْيَا لِقُرْبِهِ وَلِتَنْفِيذِ أَوَامِرِهِ الْكَوْنِيَّةِ وَشَرْعِيَّةِ Everything, angels, jinn, humans, they are all creations of Allah. But all of these are different worlds. They are different creations. So the angels are the creation of the angels. Then you have the jinn. Then you have the humans. All of them in their independent creation and worlds per se. وَجَعَلَ اللَّهُ الْمَلَائِكَ رُسُولَهُ وَسُفَرَاءَهُ إِلَى خَلْقِهِ لِإِبْلَاغِ وَحْيِهِ فَأَكْرَمَهُمُ اللَّهُ بِهَذَا And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the angels His messengers and His sufara' Meaning like ambassadors, i.e. the angels are the ones given those responsibilities. They are the ones given the tasks to then carry out. So they are those messengers and slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that way. There are ayat that tell us about the nobility of the angels. That they are a noble creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are a honorable and noble and dignified creation from the creations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we'll come across more details regarding that yet too. Another point to make here, we've now briefly looked at the meaning of the word angel. We've briefly looked at what they are, what they do, briefly. And now briefly, what is our position regarding the angels? Our position as a Muslim is very clear, and that is the obligation to have iman in the angels. It is indeed a pillar from the pillars of iman. From the six pillars of Iman. And the Quran is full all over with regards to talking about the angels, talking about the different types of angels, talking about the different levels of the angels, and commanding us to have Iman in the angels all over the Quran. And warning us against disbelief in the angels. In many places in the Qur'an, you find those types of affairs. An example of that, Surah Al-Baqarah, ayah number 177. When Allah says, لَيْسَ الْبِرَّ أَن تُوَلُّوا وُجُوهَكُمْ قِبَلَ الْمَشْرِقِ وَالْمَغْرِبِ 
ولكن البر من آمن بالله واليوم الآخر والملائكة والكتاب والنبيين Notice there then a clear command or a clear mentioning of the iman in the angels. وَلَكِنَّ الْبِرُ مَنْ آمَنَ He who has iman بِاللَّهِ in Allah وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ and in the day of judgment, the last day. وَعَنْدْ الْمَلَائِكَةِ in the book, in the angels. And then, وَالْكِتَابِ وَالنَّبِيِّينَ In the book and in the prophets. So that is one example and there are multiple examples. Read the Qur'an and you will come across mentionings of the angels all throughout the Qur'an. Angels being mentioned in this surah, in that surah, in this story, in that story in various contexts. So that is something very clear, that it is an absolute obligation to have iman in the angels. In the sunnah, a very simple proof in the sunnah, regarding the obligation of iman in the angels, and that it is a pillar of iman, you could just say, the hadith of Jibreel, the hadith of Jibreel, when Jibreel asked, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, akhbirni anil iman, tell me about iman, the response was, an tu'mina billahi wa malaikatihi, that you have iman in Allah, and in his angels, and then it carries on with the other pillars of iman. So it is established in the Qur'an, in the Sunnah, without a doubt, the obligation to have Iman. As for the ones who do not, then the Qur'an tells us of their great misguidance, the ones who disbelieve in the angels. So an example of that, Surah An-Nisa 136, وَمَلَائِكَتِهِ وَكُتُبِهِ وَرُسُلِهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ And whomsoever disbelieves in Allah and His angels and His books and His messengers and the Day of Judgment فَقَدْ ضَلَّ ضَلَالًا بَعِيدًا Then he has gone astray a tremendous misguidance or of going astray, that he has gone astray a long way and a far way, he is from the misguided and those who have gone astray, the one who disbelieves in the angels alongside the other pillars of iman that are mentioned too. And so a person who doesn't believe in the angels is therefore denying the ayat of the Qur'an where it is telling us to have iman in the angels. And so if you're denying parts of the Qur'an, that is kufr. Kufr to deny parts of the Qur'an, kufr to have disbelief in the angels. 
So that is the ruling regarding the belief in the angels. It is a pillar of iman and an obligation. Then after that, in more detail now regarding the reality of their creation. What are angels made of? How did Allah create the angels? خَلَقَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلَ الْمَلَائِكَةِ مِن نُورِ كَمَا ثَبَتَ ذَلِكَ فِي صَحِيحِ لِمَنْ مُسْلِمْ مِنْ حَدِيثِ عَائِشَةِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهَا Allah created the angels from light. And the proof of that is in a hadith in Sahih Muslim. Hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha. When the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, خُلِقَتِ الْمَلَائِكَةُ مِن نُورِ وَخُلِقَ الْجَانُّ مِن مَارِجٍ مِّن نَارٍ وَخُلِقَ آدَمْ مِمَّا غُسِفَ لَكُمْ That the angels were created from light and the jinn were created from that fire and the mankind was created from that which has been described to you. And that's been described in the Qur'an, the creation of the mankind, and how that creation began, and Adam salam, how he was created initially from the dried clay. So these are the different types of the creation. The jinn from the fire or the smokeless fire, and the angels from the light, and the humans from that clay. And that's why it is a great mistake for those people who exaggerate and go into extremism and they begin to claim that the Prophet Muhammad was made out of light. Rather it was the angels that were created from light. But the humans were created from clay. So it is an exaggeration and extremism. Ghulu from them that they claim he was made out of light, وسلم, and that he walked without a shadow. That is all false, it is incorrect. So here we learn what they were created of, and that is no doubt from the light clearly mentioned in this narration. So Allah initially created this light. And then Allah created from that the angels. كَمَا خَلَقَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلَ النَّارِ ثُمَّ خَلَقَ مِنْهَا الْجِنِ Just as Allah created the fire, and then Allah created from that the jinn. وَكَمَا خَلَقَ اللَّهُ الطِّينِ ثُمَّ خَلَقَ مِنْهُ آدَمْ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ And just like Allah created the clay, and then created from that clay Adam alayhi salam. There is an issue here that you may mention and that is who was created first? We now have the jinn, the humans and the angels. So which one was created first? Or which one was there initially? 
Angels and jinn at the same time or one before the other? What about between the jinn and the humans? That's absolutely clear that it was the jinn first. With regards to the jinn and the humans, it is absolutely clear that the jinn came before the humans. And what is the proof that the jinn came before the humans? Okay, that is one you could use. The fact that when Allah created Adam alayhi salam, He told the angels to prostrate, and amongst them at that time was the jinn Iblis. And he did not prostrate. So the angels and the jinn were already there before mankind. The jinn were already there before mankind. The angels were already there before mankind. There is another proof that the jinn and the angels were already there before mankind. Uh-huh. So when Allah was going to create, when Allah said that I am going to place upon the earth a khalifa, those mankind, the humans and the angels, they said, are you going to place upon there those who spill blood? Yasfikuna Because they had seen this from the activity of the jinn already. So they said, will they similarly be like that? Like that of what the jinn did? So the mankind definitely came after the jinn and the humans. So uh, after the jinn and the angels. There is one side issue here. One side issue here. And that is regarding the jinn. Uh, and Iblis in particular, is Iblis an angel or is Iblis a jinni? Absolutely agreed upon that Iblis is a jinn. But some scholars, they mentioned he may have been an angel from the angels. It is mentioned. Uh, it is mentioned. There are statements. Statements of the scholars regarding these issues, regarding what is to be said, regarding Iblis. Is Iblis from the jinn? Or is Iblis from the angels? Some of them may say, generally speaking, that because Allah said, وَإِذْ قَالَ اللَّهُ لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ اسْجُدُوا When Allah said to the angels, prostrate, Iblis was then reprimanded for not prostrating. They say, therefore, he was within that command amongst the angels. And so maybe that is a general proof that he was in fact from amongst the angels for that command to be applicable to him too. Others have explained, however, 
that he was indeed created from the jinn, but he was of nobility initially, and he was raised up amongst the angels, even though he was not from them. And that is the most correct opinion, that is what is mentioned by the scholars, that he is from the jinn. But you may come across statements in some of the books, uh, talking about the possibility, some scholars mentioned, of him being from the angels, but that is not the correct opinion. The next issue then, uh, in particular then we've spoken about uh, the creation of the angels and the timing of the creation generally, even though there is nothing specific in the Qur'an and the Sunnah telling us exactly when the angels were created. But there are some general narrations that talk about the topic of when everything was created. So there is the general hadith where Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ took him by the hand and said, خَلَقَ اللَّهُ تُرْبَةَ يَوْمَ السَّبْتِ That Allah created the soil on Saturday. وَخَلَقَ مِنْهَا الْجِبَالِ يَوْمَ الْأَحَدِ And created the mountains on the Sunday from it. وَخَلَقَ الشَّجَرَ يَوْمَ الْإِثْنَيْنِ وَخَلَقَ الْمَكْرُوهَ يَوْمَ الثُلَثَ وَخَلَقَ النُّورَ يَوْمَ الْأَرْبِعَا وَبَثَّ فِيهَا الدَّوَابِ يَوْمَ الْخَمِيسِ وَخَلَقَ آدَمْ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ فِي آخِرِ سَاعَةِ مِنْ سَاعَاتِ الْجُمْعَةِ فِيمَا بَيْنَ الْعَصْرِ إِلَى اللَّيْلِ The narration tells us that from the wisdom of Allah, He created various things on various days. That it was the soil on the Saturday, then the mountains were created on the Sunday, the trees on the Monday, it carries on talking about all of the various things being created. We know Adam salam was created on the Friday. And it mentions in the hadith that on the Wednesday, خَلَقَ النور, That the light was created on the Wednesday. We already know that the angels are created from Light, it is therefore possible, possible that this Wednesday is the day when the angels were created. Not definite, but it's a possibility, an ishtihad based upon what is seen there, that this light was created on the Wednesday. So maybe it could indicate that the angels were created on the Wednesday, and then the animals on the Thursday as it mentions, and then Adam salam on the Friday. But that is not something you can say for definite, it is simply an ijtihad, it is simply something that is inferred from the evidence there. What is the wisdom behind the creation of the angels? Why were they created? What is the purpose and the wisdom in their creation? أَمَّا الْحِكْمَةِ مِنْ خَلْقِهِمْ فَهِيَ عِبَادَةُ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى The wisdom in their creation is that they have been created for the worship of Allah سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى كَسَائِرِ الْخَلْقِ عَبِيدٌ لِلَّهِ 
just like the rest of the creation, they are the servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَعِبَادَةُ الْمَلَائِكَةَ أَنْوَاعَ And the type of worship the angels do is of various different types. There are various different forms of worship that the angels do in terms of the tasbih and the prostration and the ruku' all types of different worship the angels do to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The next subsection here then is the next topic. How many angels are there? So, in terms of the numbers of angels, دلت النصوص على أن الملائكة خلق لا يحصيهم إلا الله كثرة. The evidences highlight to us that nobody can enumerate the amount of angels except Allah. Only Allah knows exactly how many angels there are. وَلِذَلِكَ لَمَّا ذَكَرَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ عَدَدَ خَزَنَةِ جَهَنَّمَ الْعِظَامِ فِي قَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى وَمَا جَعَلْنَا أَصْحَابَ النَّارِ إِلَّا مَلَائِكَةً وَمَا جَعَلْنَا عِدَّتَاهُمْ إِلَّا فِتْنَةً عَقِبَ ذَلِكَ بِقَوْلِهِ وَمَا يَعْلَمُ جُنُودَ رَبِّكَ إِلَّا These ayat, this ayah, it highlights that we do not know the exact number of the angels. And that it is something only known to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Surah Al-Muddathir, ayah 31. That nobody knows the army of your Lord except He. Nobody knows the numbers of the angels except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is therefore something that is not within our capacity to have a figure on. There are various evidences that tell us that the angels are definitely a huge number. There are certainly a huge number of angels. Exactly we don't know. But some of those evidences are like the hadith, فَرَفَعَ لِي أو فَرُفِعَ لِي الْبَيْتُ الْمَعْمُورِ the Prophet ﷺ said in the hadith regarding the night of Al-Isra wal Mi'raj, when the Prophet ﷺ was taken up to the heavens on the night of Al-Isra wal Mi'raj, he said, رُفِعَ لِي الْبَيْتُ الْمَعْمُورِ The Al-Bayt Al-Ma'mur was raised to me, it was shown to him, Al-Bayt Al-Ma'mur, is the name of what you could say as the equivalent of the Kaaba in the heavens. There is the Kaaba on this earth. In the heavens, they have what is known as Al Baytul Ma'mur. And so the Prophet ﷺ said that this was shown to me, was raised to me, 
Al-Baytul Ma'mur in the heavens, which is like the equivalent of the Kaaba in this earth. Scholars have mentioned that the positioning, the location of Al-Baytul Ma'mur in the heavens is directly above the Kaaba. From the Kaaba directly up and up and up into the heavens, there you come across Al-Baytul Ma'mur. So the Prophet ﷺ said regarding that, هَذَا الْبَيْتُ Oh, Jibreel told the Prophet ﷺ on that night, هَذَا الْبَيْتُ الْمَعْمُورِ This is Al-Baytu الْمَعْمُورِ يُصَلِّي فِيهِ كُلَّ يَوْمٍ سَبْعُونَ أَلْفَ مَلَكِ Every day, 70,000 angels pray here. Every day, 70,000 angels pray here. إِذَا خَرَجُوا لَمْ يَعُودُوا إِلَيْهِ آخِرُ مَا عَلَيْهِمْ And when they exit, then the last of them, that whole group of 70,000, none of them get an opportunity to come back in again. Why would they never get an opportunity to come back in again? Because the next day there's a new group of 70,000 who go in that haven't been in before. The next day there's another new group of 70,000 who haven't been in before. The next day there's another group of 70,000 who have not been in before. Every day there's a new group of 70,000. And so once that 70,000 has been in, and then they exit, they never get a chance to come around again. Every day, a new full 70,000 going in. So if you look at those figures, 70,000 every day, in a week that makes... In a week that makes 49,000, two in a row. 490,000, half a million. Half a million every week. Half a million every week. In two weeks, practically a million. All independent angels. In two weeks, or in uh, four weeks, Two million, basically. You can keep adding up like that. In a year, how many does it make? In two years, how many does it make? 1400 years just from the Prophet ﷺ. How many years before that since Adam ﷺ? And before that? And how many years after that to come? It will be figures too great to enumerate. Certainly too great to enumerate. Then there is another narration. The hellfire, the narration regarding the hellfire, the narration of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. You need to do the other one? Is it now? There is the narration of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, radiyallahu anhu, قال, قال Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
يؤتى بجهنم يومئذ لها سبعون ألف زمام مع كل زمام سبعون ألف ملك يجرونها that on that day the hellfire will be brought and it will have seventy thousand seventy thousand reins ropes and every one of those reins every one of those ropes will have seventy thousand pulling it seventy thousand ropes pulling the hellfire on that day every rope seventy thousand angels on it so how many angels all together pulling the rope on that day 4.9 billion 70,000 times 70,000 more than 490,000 70,000 times 70,000 you have some time to work it out So 70,000 ropes, every rope, every rain has 70,000 angels dragging it. And so the hellfire on that day is being dragged by 12 zeros. So 4.9 with 12 zeros. Well, it's, it's a big number. It's a very big number. Bigger than your phones can take, it would appear. You need to have the E signs at the end, I'm sure. So that indicates to you, that's just the angels dragging the hellfire. That is just the angels dragging the hellfire on that day. And there are many others besides them. That is just the angels dragging the hellfire. We've already mentioned the angels as well going into Al-Baytul Ma'mur every day. These numbers then st- start to indicate to you just exactly the uncountable numbers of the angels. 
how many they are, how great they are. Then after that, we can briefly mention some of the names of the angels. In terms of our iman in the angels, it is two types. Al-Iman al-Mujmal and Al-Iman al-Mufassal. A general iman in the angels and a more specific iman in the angels. The general iman in the angels, that you generally have the belief in the angels, they are a creation of Allah, the general types of belief in the angels. The specific belief in the angels is that you then have belief in the specifics of their names, of their jobs, of the details of the angels. So here one of the details of the angels that we've been taught is the jobs or the names firstly, the names of the angels. There are again general names of the angels and then specific names of the angels. Generally they have been called, as we already quoted, the Rusul. Generally they are known as a Rusul, the messengers as well, the messengers of Allah. They are known as the Safara, the Safara, Bi Safara, Kiramim Barara. And the Safara, it's a, a, the plural and the singular is Safir, Safir. And this again indicating that they have gone with the responsibility with that revelation, with those tasks that they are carrying out under the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They've also been called al-junood, like the army, as we mentioned before. And there are other names like that, general names of the angels. But now then, to round off today's session, the specific names of the angels. So who can give us some of the names of the angels, beginning with the superior angels that are mentioned. So at the head of them you could say, Jibreel. Jibreel alayhi salam. And what is the responsibility of Jibreel? To bring the revelation. To bring the revelation to who? To the prophets and the messengers, all of them, not just the Prophet Muhammad but before that too, to the prophets and the messengers, he would bring that revelation to them. Then we have also Mikael, and the responsibility of Mikael is the responsibility of the rain and the vegetation and the growth and those affairs of rain and growth. That rain that comes and creates the growth by the command of Allah. That rainfall etc. is the responsibility of Mikael. Then also what do we have? Israfil. Israfil. What is his responsibility? To blow the trumpet on the day of judgment. To blow the trumpet on the day of judgment. These three will begin with to start with. 
Jibril, Mikael, and Israfil. These three have something in common, which will come to at the end. Firstly, let's go through them one by one. Firstly, then Jibreel salam, the one given the responsibility of the revelation. In regards to the name of Jibreel, you might have heard also, Jibrail, Jibreel, you hear these variations. You hear the variations on the name of Jibreel. And it's mentioned that actually the scholars have ten different pronunciations on the name of Jibreel. There are ten different pronunciations on the name of Jibreel. Some of those as an example, you have Jibreel of course, you have Jabril. Instead of Jibreel, Jabril. You have also Jabrail. You have Jabrail. Jabrail. With a shadda at the end. Jabrail. 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 Jabrain. And Jabrin. These are all mentioned as variations and pronunciations of the name of Jibreel. Ibn Hajar even said that there are more than 10 variations. There's actually 13 variations that exist on the name of Jibreel. So, this is just something the scholars they mention in terms of the Lughat, in the different pronunciations and dialects. There are 10 different pronunciations on the name of Jibreel. He also is named as Ar-Ruh. Ar-Ruh. Al-Ameen. And so that is one of the names given to Jibreel also. Al-Imam Al-Qurtubi mentioned Ar-Ruh Jibreel alayhi salam. That in the ayat when it mentions Ar-Ruh, then that is referring to Jibreel alayhi salam. And that is one of the names recognized to Jibreel. Then Ar-Ruhul Amin, together as a compound name, is another name recognized to Jibreel. Ar-Ruh, sometimes in the Quran it just says Ar-Ruh, in some ayat. Then you have ayat Ar-Ruhul Amin, that is also Jibreel alayhi salam. There are other ayat, Ruhul Qudus, that is also referring to Jibreel, Ruhul Qudus. So these are a few examples of the names given to Jibreel alayhi salam. The appearance of Jibreel, what was he? How did he look? How many wings did he have? We're going to get to that in another chapter soon. Secondly, Mikael. From the known angels is Mikael. And his name has also been mentioned in the Quran. In the Quran, مَنْ كَانَ عَدُوًا لِلَّهِ وَمَلَائِكَتِهِ وَرُسُلِهِ وَجِبْرِيلَ وَمِيكَالَ 
So Jibreel is mentioned in the Qur'an, Mikael is mentioned in the Qur'an. And Mikael is Mu'abbad Lillah. Mikael, it is actually a version of the name indicating Abd Allah, Abdullah. In the language, Mikael, it refers to and equates to Abdullah. So that is the language for Mikael. And even with Mikael, there are, the scholars say, six different pronunciations, six different languages when it comes to the pronunciation of Mikael. So you have Mikael. That is mentioned, Mikael, as we've been saying there, Mikal, as it was mentioned in the Quran, Mikail, not Mikail, Mikail, just a fatha, Mikail, no fatha, no hamza, two yas, and Mikael. So these are all different languages that are mentioned. And they are mentioned in various narrations. You find these mentioned in various ahadith, in various uh, uh, narrations, and that is how they've come to these conclusions of these different variations on the name. Thirdly, then just to round off on Israfil, Jibril was mentioned in the Quran, Isra, uh, uh, Mikael was mentioned in the Quran. Where is Israfil mentioned in the Quran? Not mentioned in the Quran? Well, I'm asking you. Why are you asking me? I'm asking you. Where is it mentioned in the Quran? Israfil. So you're saying it's not in the Quran either then? Anyone? You're right. It is not mentioned in the Qur'an. The name Israfil is not mentioned in the Qur'an. It is mentioned in authentic ahadith. The name Israfil mentioned in authentic ahadith, but not mentioned in the Qur'an. And the job of Israfil, it is mentioned, is that he is the one who will Blow the trumpet on the day of judgment. It has been mentioned by some that he is also one of the angels that take the soul. Take the soul is general. Carries the throne of Allah. Some of the scholars have mentioned Israfil as one of those angels that carry the throne of Allah also. What is the connection then? This is the round of today then. What is the connection between those three angels? As Shaykh Al-Thaymeen, Rahimahullah Ta'ala made or mentioned a small point of benefit, something that connects all three of those angels in one word. 
noble, all of the angels you could say. But these three in particular, that's two words. One word. Huh? The end, that's still two words. One word, nobody knows what one word is. End, what does end mean? What is the one thing that connects all three of those angels? Hopefully nobody will get it. That will be a homework. Huh? Honest all of the angels? Couple more tries before it becomes a homework. <laughs> it's one word. They are essential for us. That's an explanation. It's a book, but it's not the correct answer either. So it's a homework. A good homework, because this is not something you can Google. Well, you might be able to, because I wrote it once and it's somewhere on the internet. The, the homework question then is, Jibreel, Mikael, and Israfil. What is it that connects these three angels? There's something specific as a point of benefit that connects these three angels somehow. All of them are connected around one topic, around one issue. What is that one topic, one issue that these three angels are all linked with? That will be your homework to bring to us in two weeks time. Anybody who gets this one is deserving of a prize. As long as, and it's a condition, you don't find it of a translation I did once and it's on the internet somewhere. If you find it of that, it doesn't count. If you manage to find it outside of that translation I did, anywhere else, then you're deserving of a prize. That is your homework to bring in two weeks time. That is only the first part yet. We have lots of topics about the angels yet. There'll be a part two, definitely, maybe even a part three. So there are more topics to get over yet, to cover yet. We're going to talk about how many wings do the angels have? What do those wings look like? What's on those wings? Can the angels take different appearances? There's lots of topics set. Do they marry? Do they have children? Do they eat? So, inshallah ta'ala, part two regarding the lecture on the angels will be in two weeks' time. Uh, inshallah ta'ala. We'll round off on that then. The prize, uh, the, the, um, the brothers, the committee of the masjid, I'm sure they can find some prize, some gift for the, for the people who get the answers correct. We'll round off there then. Uh, time for the prayer. Inshallah ta'ala in two weeks time we'll continue.